Welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And this week we're hanging out with our good friends who hop across the multiverse. The Exiles. This week we're going to be covering Exiles 66 through 68, which were written by Tony Bedard, with pencils by Jim Calafior, inks by Mark McKenna, colors by JC, and letters by Dave Sharp. And this arc is called Destroy All Monsters. What happened last time, Devin? Um, it turns out that Hyperion was actually still alive, and he was the one manipulating the Time Broker, the Time Breaker, as we were referring to him then. And they end up defeating Hyperion with the help of two other Otherworld Hyperions, but at the cost of Mim- or no, Morph being severely injured, potentially dead, Mimic being on the verge of death, and... Uh, Nomura is, in fact, dead. Yeah, uh, it turns out that there are these bugs in what is called the Panopticon, or the Crystal Palace, and the bugs messed up the universe, so they decided to fix it. When Hyperion got sent in, he was able to escape stasis because they don't leave corpses in the worlds that they die. He took over, and now that he's defeated, the team is trying to figure out what to do next. So we start with Beak waking up Heather Hudson from Stasis, because when she had lost her Wendigo powers a few arcs back, uh, she had been swapped out in the world by King Hyperion and put into Stasis. So they catch her up with what's going on, namely Mimic being ripped up and stuck in his metal form, Morph being crispy, Marshmallow Husk, and Namora being dead, uh, Sabretooth who is the Age of Exile Sabretooth, who raised Blink, who is also on the team, still has the Talus, and he really just wants everyone to go home. But for the time being, they have superheroes who need help, so they end up calling Dr. Stephen Strange from Earth 59661, where he is a doctor for superheroes who never ended up becoming the Sorcerer Supreme. Can you injure his hands, though? I was trying to figure that one out when I was reading it. Yeah, I don't think he did. Okay. Just because he seems to have changed his tune from being asshole Stephen Strange. Look at me and my cool magic hands, too. Good doctor? Basically a superior version of Night Nurse. Yeah. Like, when we first see him, he's patching up the Hulk in Hulk form. Yes. Yeah, he's able to remove some of Morph's burnt flesh. The Mimic is stuck in his metal form, which he is getting really tired of holding up unless he can find better healing powers for him. And it turns out that he can't copy Sabretooth's healing power because it's too similar to the Wolverine powers that he already has. So they put him back into stasis while looking for other solutions. And they have three solutions. The first one on Earth 59662 is a world where Red Skull has the Cosmic Cube and they need to get the healing factor from him, which is not a good idea. Nope. There's Earth 59663, which looks like a world where Mr. Sinister, uh, his plans to take over Inferno worked and he's got the healing factor, but there are too many demons in that world, so that's not going to work. And then the final one is Earth-3752, where Kurt Connors perfected his serum to restore his arm, and he leads a team that battles giant monsters. But here's the fourth option that I don't understand why they don't use. 
can't he just mimic Morph's powers? Because Morph can clearly, apparently, heal himself. Why not just and, get the unstable molecules to try to patch yourself up there and become Marshmallow Man? I don't think Mimic would want to do that. Well, then he can enjoy being dead. Yeah. There's always those sorts of questions. It's like... It's like there's a uh, very obvious solution to your problem right there, because Morph came well, back from being zapped to alive. Yeah, and I mean, I'll accept that they couldn't find other universes because the computers got broken up. But yeah, it, it does not make sense that he didn't copy Morph's powers even before this point. For real, I feel like just having Morph's powers would be like such a great advantage. Mm-hmm. If you're not using they, it to be like a dick and a jokester the entire time. Yeah, but like at this point, I guess it would be a bit too much of reiteration of powers. And Beak is worried because the computers can't really tell him if their visiting the world will make it better or worse. So they get into this argument about what they want to do once Mimic is better, whether they're going to leave the station behind or what have you. And Morph, who's feeling better now, shows up and reminds him that he wants all of them to get home. But they're heroes and they need to save these other worlds first. And uh, on the way to the Kirk Connors universe... They drop by the Legacy Vilox world to drop off Sunfire's corpse because that was where Mary Jane, the woman who she was in love with, lived. And it's really weird because Morph only refers to her as Spider Woman instead of Mary Jane. Oh, yeah, it is weird. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice touching moment. And meanwhile, on Earth 3752, the Science Squad is checking out the Krakoa Atoll because it is giving off energy. Krakoa then reveals itself to be alive and tries to eat the ship, but Blink and the Exiles are able to teleport them away, saving them. But now Krakoa senses the mutant energy, and when they end up looking up Krakoa on the Reality Index, they find what happened in Giant Size X-Men number 1, which had been written by Len Wein with Dave Cockrum and company. And that was the story that led to the Chris Claremont X-Men with Nightcrawler and Wolverine and Storm and all those people you love. Basically, the classic X-Men was found yeah. without that issue. Well, the modern classic X-Men. Because, I mean, there is the classic X-Men. And I know, but, I mean, it's classic. It's, it's what everyone knows. When people think of the X-Men, I would say that giant-sized X-Men is what people think of. Mm-hmm, because, I mean, that's where you got a lot of the, uh, 90s yeah, exactly. characters. And a lot of the better ones, because it just wasn't for rich white people. You mean five or five people? Yeah, yeah. Well, six, if you count the professor. That's true. And he was the richest of all. But he's gone too far, and you know it don't matter anyway. He can rely on his old man's money. He can also mind-wipe all of them. Mm-hmm. Honey. And so the Science Squad escapes and returns to their base. Meanwhile, back at the Crystal Palace, Heather, Doctor Strange, and Beak are trying to figure out what to do. And when they try and help Beak by looking at his home on Earth-616, though, they are unable to do so because of a mysterious reason. <coughs> house of M. <coughs> Though I do love that they were able to get all this knowledge on what Krakow was from that universe anyway. Well, that's all written down. I guess. 
magical breaking of technology and such. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't bump into those servers, so it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And back with the science squad, we end up meeting the members. Kurt Connors, who is normally the lizard. Tony Stark, who is normally Iron Man. Hank Pym, who is normally Ant-Man, Giant-Man, Wasp, Yellow Jacket, lots of other things. Boulevard Trask, who normally makes the Sentinels. And Cicada, who... She was made up for this. I, I think she's a reference to some of the Godzilla stuff. Probably. Yeah. And they are based on the Science Patrol from movies like Ultraman and a lot of other Sentai and Super Sentai shows. What was the, uh... Inframan was the one that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun movie. That was a good movie. And we find out that the Science Squad deals with two types of giant monsters. There are antigenic and pathogenic monsters. Pathogenic monsters are bad for the Earth, so the Science Squad works to destroy them. And antigenic monsters are part of the Earth, but, like, sometimes they are still destructive for humans, so what they try and do is take people out of the way, out of the path of danger. And it turns out that Krakoa, who is now coming after the mutants who are in Tokyo, uh, Krakoa is antigenic, so they can't really destroy him. Well, he could. Yeah, but it would be bad for the Earth. Yeah, probably. And meanwhile, we kept to some monkeys in a hot spring and a family looking at them. And then the monkeys are bullied alive as Fen Fang Foom arises and burns them all. And Ooh. I do love... I do love the uh, moment where it's like, there's a fin! There's a fang! And then you see this full-size Fen Fang Foom, like, breathing fire with a foom sound effect. It was great. Yep. Spreading alive all that nice, wonderful family. White people. Mm-hmm. And back at the palace, Strange and a Bug are examining the fact that Deadpool isn't actually dead anymore. Back in Japan, the Science Squad and the Exiles are flying to face Fin Fang Foom, and they basically want Fin Fang Foom to fight Krakoa, and to do so and to get him out of the path of the innocent Japanese people, they form the giant fighting robot Red Ronin. And back at the palace, because Deadpool is alive, he ends up getting released. He sees his team in stasis, and because Strange and one of the bugs are the only people around, Deadpool snaps Doctor Strange's neck and stomps on the bug, killing him. Yep. This this right here is where the story started to lose me a little. Yeah. Because I feel like we just retread exactly what happened in the last story arc. With Hyperion? Yeah. Well, and it I was doesn't like make really into the monster world, and then the Deadpool stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, and it doesn't make sense why Deadpool is just now healing up enough, because he went into the universe before Hyperion did, mm-hmm. and he's apparently got a much better healing factor than Hyperion does. Yeah, it should have at least set up their sensors. I I would say the big thing is he could have still been alive. It's more of Hyperion is strong enough that he can break himself out. I would not necessarily say Deadpool is strong enough to break to like awaken and break out. No, but he only had his neck snapped. Yeah. No, no, but I'm just saying I don't think he would yeah. be powerful to overcome the stasis part. Mm-hmm. And so as Fen Fang Foom and Red Ronin are fighting 
with Beak and Heather watching on the screen. They try and call back Steven, and they find Deadpool instead. He plans to get Heather to release the other still-living members of Weapon X. And so as they head back to the stasis pods, because the bugs release Mimic, who Deadpool is apparently not familiar with. As Foom starts, like, ripping apart the robot, uh, Blink goes and saves the team, and goes to face Finfang Foom herself. And back at the base, Mimic starts to copy Deadpool's healing factor. When Blink goes to face Finfang Foom, she says that he's his fairy sidekick, and she's basically like, yeah, yeah, no, you shouldn't waste your time fighting these people. There's Krakoa, and he called you a dick. Fing Fang Foom gets super pissy about that and goes off to fight Krakoa. Mm-hmm. So swears Fin Fang Foom. And back at the palace, Hulk is released, and she is the Mafia She-Hulk who had been a member of Weapon X. And Heather explains the situation with the Time Broker, which Hulk is not happy with. And by this time, Mimic has copied Deadpool's healing factor, so he is, like, fully back up to health. He's ready to fight. And Hulk just grabs Deadpool and is like, yeah, I'm, I'm not dealing with this shit. And she promises to adjudicate him if Mimic can get her back to his life, and she'll take Deadpool with him too, putting him in jail. And when they agree, she just, like, smacks him across the ground, theoretically horribly killing him again. Oh, I, but, I totally took it as she killed him. Yeah. So she gets sent back, and the other exiles return with Kurt Connor's serum, but they find out that Mimic's skin has been horribly deformed. Like, the art is really, really not good for showing what's up with Mimic's skin. No. It looks more like he has the thing where your skin has, like, two different tones. Yeah, it doesn't have the Deadpool, like, I have horrible cancer. Yeah. It's just kind of like, I think I have chicken pox this week. Yeah, it's it's not a good depiction, and uh, Mimic decides that the next step, before, I guess, getting rid of Deadpool's power, is that they are going to try and send Beak home to the 616, but currently his home is being affected by the event House of M, and so we'll cover that next month in our House of M special coverage. But you know what we have now? Trials of the Multiverse. Yes, we do. So we have four universes to put on this week. The first one is the Stephen Strange Doctor universe. And I liked him. Yeah, I, I, I liked I, him. I, I was also kind of into that. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, like, super surgeon. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sad that he died as soon as he did. Yeah, me too. I was actually, like, really kind of into him, like, sticking around as, like, a... It's like the medic team member. Mm-hmm. Well, our current dividing line is what if Doom was Sorcerer Supreme and World War II Secret Invasion? Uh, I like that should a bit it more go, than that. Like, a lot more, or... Uh, I don't know if I'd do, like, a lot more, but... Uh, how do you feel about it compared to the Super Illuminati? Which one was Super Illuminati? That is where Doom and Magneto were in the Illuminati. Along with horrible off-model Namor. Yes. Um, actually, I don't know. I'm kind of into Super Illuminati a little bit more. Okay, well, Which right under that. Man. 
did you hear about that? I'm kind of really into this. What? Doctor Doom is about to become Iron Man. Yeah, they're doing two Iron Man series. Yeah. I, I'm not reading Iron Man, so... I am. I like what they're doing with Doctor Doom right now. Well, under that is uh, the Amalgam Universe. Um, you can put it above Amalgam. <laughs> okay, so... Our new number, 69, dude! Is uh, Earth 59661. Doctor... Strange Surgeon Supreme. Yes. Uh, after that, we have Earth 59662 with the Red Skull has Cosmic Cube. I, I kind of wanted to know more about this because he looks like he's sort of gone 90s Red Skull. I, I was going to say, the next two didn't really thrill me. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you feel about it compared to... Uh, what if honestly, Luke... how many times has he not had the damn Cosmic Cube? Yeah. Well, how do you feel about it compared to what if Luke was the Red Skull? Honestly, I like Luke being the Red Skull more. Oh. Uh, Aunt May became Antifreeze? No. Red Skull's better than that. Okay. So our new number 295. Earth 59662. Red Skull has metal... Ass. Cosmic. Powers. I guess I'm also just disappointed with the Stephen Strange dying, too, just in how he died. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, very anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, for the Mr. Sinister, how did he feel about it compared to the Red Skull? Um, yeah, he's a little bit better. I like Mr. Sinister more. Oh, no. But again, we I've... don't really know anything about them. Yeah, but we've done more with less. No, yeah. Okay, uh, is it better than me being the Red Skull? No. Just put him right above Red Skull, actually. Okay. So we're at 59663. Uh, Demonic Mr. Er, Mr. Sinister 1 Inferno. Uh, those are Earths 296 and 297. And the last one we have is Earth 3752, where it's pretty much Pacific Rim superheroes again. Yep. I like this one a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which one was the one where uh, the Watcher ended up fighting uh, Galactus. Oh, yeah. Uh, what if the Avengers fought Galactus? How do you feel about it compared to that? Um, I like it better than the Avengers fighting Galactus. Uh, compared to Deadpool as a 70s Italian horror film? Uh, you blew up the moon. I like blowing up the moon. But okay. I'll, yep. Yeah. So our new number 47 is Earth 3752. Super Sentai Marvel Universe. Well, I'll say Super Science Sentai Marvel Universe. And you know what we got this week, Devin? What? We have two new reviews on Stitcher. So are you ready to have me read some reviews and get some reactions? Yep. 
So the most recent one we have is from Variant Bird with the title Continuity Crack for Comic Addicts. They write, I love this show. Each episode covers one or more comic multiverses, their story, their time, and their influence. It's full of great geekiness from two charming hosts and occasional guests. This has good craziness for the fans. Five stars. Thank you for that review. Right? The other review that we have is from 16 Days Ago from James Leask. I was wondering, I was just like, I'm waiting for someone that we know. His review is five stars, a fun show. I like the shows in depth, but fun look at weird comic alternate universes. Also, those RPG specials are pretty fun. Bring back Wendigo TBH. He's the best part. That's my James Leask voice. Impressive. I know. I'm I'm a master of the impressions. Like I feel like I feel like he's just on the podcast right now. Thank you, James, for being on this week's podcast. I want to eat some human flesh again. With your pasta, James? Yes. It's organic. Well, if it's organic, then that's okay. It's made in small batches. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, next month we should be having uh, another RPG. Oh, cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that will be leading into House of M, our coverage that will be questionably long, depending on how much moving next weekend takes out of me. Yay! And then are you going to be in town next weekend? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so we can get together and record, hopefully. Because next week we are covering Punisher meets Archie slash Archie meets the Punisher. That character that they decided was appropriate to bring over to Archie. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to cover it, because, I mean, the new Archie series has been pretty good, and I've been reading some other good Archie stuff. Yeah, I like I like Wade's new take on Archie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that wraps us up for this week. We'll be having a otherworldly conversation going up later this week, where we'll be talking about Pokemon Go. But until then... Uh, you can follow MultiversalQ at MultiversalQ.com on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Tumblr. Uh, you can leave us reviews on Stitcher or iTunes, and we will read them out online. We also have a Patreon, which we would love if you could provide us some financial support. We are doing weekly bonus content for that. Sometimes it's excerpts, and sometimes it's like actual... Like, full new episode stuff that we cater to your desires. And Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter. That's at FredoFett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And if you're going to be in town for Wizard World Columbus, I will be there uh, working with Legacy Rising to help promote that new book that I wrote, Heroes International, number one. Uh, That wraps us up for this episode. We will see you next week. Peace. This one's for Hank! Hank!